It's the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to preview the Kentucky-Texas basketball game Saturday night, 8 o'clock at Rupp Arena. It's part of the SEC Big 12 Challenge. ESPN has the coverage. Kentucky comes into the game 5-10 and 10 overall, 4-4 four and four in the SEC after that 70-59 to 59 loss at Alabama on Tuesday night. Texas comes into the game num- ranked number 5. This is the second of uh, four straight games for Kentucky against uh, ranked opponents. Alabama was ranked number nine. Texas is ranked number five. Texas is 11 and three on the year. They're five and two in the Big 12. They also took a loss on Tuesday night. They lost to Oklahoma 80 to 79, but they did so without their head coach, Shaka Smart, who tested positive for COVID earlier in the week. Uh, we're not sure whether Shaka is going to be at the game Saturday night uh, at Rupp Arena for Texas. The Longhorns were also without three of their top players against Oklahoma, and they still only lost by one point. Uh, to the Sooners there in Austin. Uh, Texas has had a really good year. They won the Maui Classic. Uh, back in December, they beat North Carolina 69-67 in the finals of the Maui Classic, which was held in Asheville, North Carolina this year. The, their losses, they lost to Villanova. Obviously, Villanova, a top-five team, lost to them in a close one, 68-64. They lost to Texas Tech, 79-77. Texas Tech, another ranked team. They were ranked number 15 at the time that they beat Texas. But overall, Texas has had a really good year. They're going to be a really tough opponent for Kentucky on Saturday. To get the uh, bottom line, to get the story on the Longhorns, I talked to Brian Davis, who covers Texas basketball for the Austin American Statesman. And then to catch up on the Cats, I talked with Kent Spencer, the anchor at WHAS 11 in Louisville, who you might remember from his days in Lexington as the sports anchor at WTVQ. Wanted to get a perspective on Kentucky's season so far from somebody in Louisville. So I talked to Kent, uh, who does a great job. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it. First with Brian Davis of the Austin American Statesman, and then with Kent Spencer of WHAS 11 in Louisville. Okay, my guest on the podcast is Brian Davis of the Austin American Statesman who covers Texas athletics and Texas basketball. Kentucky and Texas played Saturday night in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Brian, how you doing? Doing great, my man. How are you? I'm doing good. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Uh, what about this Texas team ranked number five, uh, but going through a little some COVID issues right now? Where, where do they stand going into Saturday as far as that's concerned? Well, wear your mask. That's uh, <laughs> wear your mask around these guys. Uh, you know, things were going really, really well, and um, there was a lot of excitement, and you just really felt like all the momentum was going in the right direction. And then they had two games postponed uh, because of COVID issues with with uh, other teams, Iowa State and TCU. And then they turn around, and we find out that. Um, Several players have to be quarantined. Then the head coach has to go into quarantine. And now you're looking at a situation where they only had eight scholarship players uh, suited up uh, Tuesday night against Oklahoma. And I'm betting they only have nine dressed uh, for Kentucky. Really? And and the guys that were missing, they were pretty prominent guys, right, the other night? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Courtney Ramey, uh, the, the, the three main guys they, that, that did not play the other night were Courtney Ramey, a guard, uh, Jericho Sims, a big man, rim protector, and uh, Brock Cunningham, who is kind of a defensive uh, sub uh, rebounding uh, machine type of a guy, real big energy guy uh, off the bench. So all three were very, very, very critical. 
and um, and OU exploited that. Quite frankly, o- Oklahoma was terrific on the glass. Um, you know, as Texas was left to just Kai Jones being the only guy in the middle uh, with some height. So that, I I did think that was a problem. And you know, the one thing that I have seen with Kentucky is that uh, they may not be able to score, but they can play pretty good defense. Yeah. And and I can I can see Cal wanting to really really hammer uh, on them to get on the glass in this game. Yeah, yeah, Kentucky. Yeah, they have they have a lot of trouble getting the ball in the basket, but they they have been pretty good defensively pretty much all year long. Well, what about Chaka Smart? Will do? You, will he be able to be there Saturday, or is he still in quarantine? You know, that's a good question. I I think I don't think he makes this trip. I, mm. I'll be very surprised if he does, um, because just knowing how Texas works and they have a seven day. Uh, quarantine minimum uh, and for Shaka to announce on Monday that he was, he was positive. He was actually COVID positive. Right. Um, did not coach on Tuesday. He's been away from the team, has not been with the team at all this week. Oh. So I'll be really surprised if, if he makes the trip, especially, especially when you look at um, not that, not that, you know, anyone's looking past Kentucky, but they have number two Baylor on Tuesday night mm-hmm. uh, next week. So I can see Shaka wanting to, Look, look towards that game as well. Make sure that he can go to that one. Well, who, who's been stepping in for Shaka? Who's been their uh, acting coach or whatever? Yeah, the acting coach has been uh, a guy named KT Turner, and um, he's he may not be you know well known uh, outside of the state of Texas, but he's been at, he's been at SMU the past seven years, and just came to he just joined the Texas staff this year. When ironically, when John Lucas uh, left here to go to go to Lexington, right. that's who repl- that's who replaced him. And oh, okay. um, KT is a guy that um, he was actually hired by Larry Brown um, okay. at S- at SMU when, when that was going on. And and uh, Larry Brown, you know, Hall of Famer is the one who called up Shaka and said, "Look, you got to hire this guy." Really, uh, and he did. So so there you go. Okay, let's back up just a little bit. What what were the expectations for this Texas team coming into this season? Well, considering that Shaka almost got fired last year, I, th- <laughs> right. I think it was uh, I think it was more along the lines of, uh, "Hey, let's just see if this team can w- win some games." Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, uh, before the season started, everyone kind of thought that you know this team has got to at least make the tournament. Um, you know, by adding Greg Brown, the only newcomer to the team, uh, you know, adding a, a big big stud freshman really helps, but, but, but everyone felt very constructive about the fact that the entire team returned. Mm -hmm. Um, Texas finished the regular season last year, winning five of their five of the last six games. Uh, They were red hot going into March and then COVID strikes and, you know, everything's off. Um, So, so the general sense is that I think that everyone felt really good about it, but it was still sort of a, Eh, let's wait and see what happens type of thing. Yeah. Right. And, uh, they played really well early on. Uh, they won the Maui invitational beat North Carolina on the last second shot. They just, they just mm-hmm. pummeled Indiana uh, right. out there. Um, played a very, very uh, good Villanova team. I thought in a, in, in a, what I felt was a, just a terrific game. Villanova's guards, uh, were, were really, really good that day. Um, so, you know, and then, and then obviously, just just throttled Kansas mm-hmm. in Allen Fieldhouse. Right. You know the uh, that was the worst home loss in the Bill Self era uh, at KU. So that, that was that was pretty good. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. I watched that game. They were very impressive in that game. Uh, well, who who has played well for them individually, or in uh, especially of the guys who that we we're probably going to see on Saturday? Who who should Kentucky fans look for? I know Greg Brown is a kid that Kentucky tried to get in on, but uh, Texas, uh, I think, uh, uh, had the inside track on him. Uh, who 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 should Kentucky fans look for on Saturday? Well, I mean, the, the guy that around the Big 12 that everybody pulls for is Andrew Jones, mm-hmm. um, you know, because, you know, his backstory, here's a guy who was diagnosed with with leukemia. Right. Um, it almost killed him, uh, literally. And I don't I don't mean that jokingly. I mean, it's right. true. He almost died from that. And now he's back. And I think I'd have to without if he's not the team's leading scorer right now, he's definitely the active leading scorer mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and he's played really well. He had 18 points in the first half against Texas Tech the other night. Um, just did okay against OU, but he is definitely playing at the level that you know we saw before the original diagnosis. Right. I guess that's been what you know two two years ago mm-hmm. now. So um, he's somebody that. Um, it's hard for opposing fans to bo- to boo him, <laughs> yeah. you know, especially around the Big Twelve because right. of, because of his story. But uh, but the other guy that I'm really really high on is is Kai Jones, um, guy from the Bahamas, long arms, um, you know, a big a big big on his faith type of guy, and just has unbelievable upside. I think he's a guy that we're gonna look up five ten years from now and and just say wow that guy's still in the league man um just really really good athleticism he's raw but he's rounding into form um he's one of those guys that that um if if you could convince him to stay another year in college he he could be a lottery type pick um i i think so yeah i mean um he's just he's just not on he's just not on a lot of people's radars because because he's not from not from here Uh right Right, uh, but just 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 a great just a great 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 dude. So what are, what are the keys for Texas on Saturday? What do they have to do? Of course, Kentucky's been struggling, like you mentioned. They've had a hard time uh, scoring. But what are the keys for this Texas team? Well, I, I think if if I'm Texas, I uh, I don't try to deviate from what's been working, and that is uh, try to play an inside out game. Whether or not Jericho is there, uh, use Kai, uh, use Greg Brown. Uh, and and just don't sit around and dribble around the arc and then just jack up a three in the last five seconds of the shot clock, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that didn't work for several years. Uh, Texas has gotten away from that finally, mm-hmm. um, and it's and it's really really helped their overall scoring. Um, and I would say, you know, take if if you took the name off the jersey, right? Mm-hmm. If you took the name off the jersey and you just showed me. Uh, Kentucky's record and their stats. What I would say is, you know, go for the throat early. You know, mm-hmm. go to the rim. Go try. Go try to score. Go put them on their heels. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, now that said, this being Big Blue Nation, I mean, I expect a, a strong pushback. Yeah. Right. <laughs> especially the especially the way that um, you know Cal's gotten after them late here, at least from what I've been able to see from afar. So, yeah. um, you know. Uh, like I said, I, I expect Kentucky to play really good defense. Uh, don't settle for threes, and um, you know, and don't let this be the night that you know 
Saar and company look look like offensive Hall of Famers. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. It'd be the night that they put it together offensively. I'm not sure they're exactly. capable of putting it together offensively, but yeah, I'm sure if you're every coach, you're saying I don't want it to be to come against us. Uh, exactly. One more thing before I let you go. What's been the reaction, football reaction to Steve Sarkeesian and all that there? Are people excited about that? Were they? Oh my, you know, happy days are here again. <laughs> you know, I mean. I mean, when when can we when can we book the CFP airline <laughs> tickets? Can we do that now? I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's right. basically how that's basically how everyone thinks here. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I think I think the Sark has brought a level of. Um, I think he's going to bring a level of professionalism mm-hmm. that that has kind of been lacking here. Really? And and yeah, just you know, just just from, just when you're from that Nick's the school of Nick Saban, right? I mean, you, you, just everything about you is different, right? Right. right. Um, and I think Texas is going to see that with uh, they're going to expand the supplemental staff. They they've hired a really really good group of coaches, I think, at least better yeah. than than what they've had recently. So um, it'll be interesting. It'll be yeah. really interesting. Yeah, it was funny when Kentucky hired uh, Mark Stoops to be. Uh, the head coach and Mark had been at Florida State with uh, Jimbo Fisher, who had been with Saban. And uh-huh. uh, we were talking with Mark, and he was saying, "I want to do this, I want to do that." And a lot of it was that same type of stuff, you know, support staff, analysts, stuff like that. And we're like, uh, and I asked him, I said, "Where did you, uh, where did you get a lot of these ideas?" And he goes, oh, "I got them from Jimbo, who got it from Nick Saban." <laughs> so uh-huh. you know, that's yep. the, that influence. But uh, absolutely. Anyway, so it'll be interesting to watch. Well, well, Greg, tell tell our listeners. Uh, where they can find you on Twitter and find you online and your coverage leading up to and after the game on Saturday. Absolutely. Uh, any fans out there that want to come read us, uh, you can go to the website. It's hookem.com, H-O-O-K-E-M.com. That'll take you to the Austin American Statesman. And then uh, on Twitter, I am at B Davis A-A-S. Great. Well, I appreciate it. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You bet. Okay, thanks to Brian Davis of the Austin American Statesman, and we'll be right back with Kent Spencer of WHAS 11 in Louisville. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is Kent Spencer, who is the sports anchor at WHAS 11 in Louisville. Those of us in Lexington, Lexington, though, may remember Kent from his days at WTVQ. How are you doing, Kent? I'm doing great, John. Man, those days were a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not that long ago yeah okay this is, you say i was talking to you before we got started this is your 10th year you say at hs yeah i started i i made the move from lexington to louisville in the fall of 2011 so it was the year that kentucky won the national championship and okay. basketball and and then uh we were kind of all in the in the middle of of going to the final four every year after yeah. that so, yeah, a little, little while ago, of course. Uh, yeah, those for Kentucky fans, those are uh, becoming the the oh oh the nostalgic golden days. Uh, more with this team, with how it's gone. But first, I, I have to ask you a question, though, Kent, because when this uh, when this pandemic started, uh, you kept me going, Kent, with your videos of your kids, uh, with your that you were posting to Twitter because you were having to homeschool your kids because with schools closed, closed uh, those those things were great. I really enjoyed those. Did you get a lot of feedback on those? You know, we we actually had it was so surprising the <laughs> amount of positive feedback that we got out of those because 
you know, when the pandemic hits and everything starts to close, you know, I think a lot of people thought, okay, what does somebody who covers sports on television do without sports? Right. And one of these ideas came about and we just started doing them and it kind of just evolved throughout. And I went, I ended up doing like over a hundred days <laughs> and it was fantastic because a, it gave us something to do every day and to shoot for. The kids loved it, and we got – I mean we got emails and Facebook messages, and, and people would even send letters. They were sending letters into the station. Like when really? I finally got back into the station, we had like a big pile of letters that people wrote in um, saying just some of the nicest things. But yeah, no, we had a great time. Now I will say this, John. A lot of things went to the kids' head. <laughs> like – the daughters, like we would come up with an idea and the daughters would push back on an idea and be like, look, we're the stars of this show. We just won't do it. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, look, if you if you guys keep pushing back, I'll just do this with your brother and we'll continue. Yeah, it's always problems with the talent. Always problems with the talent, I'm sure. Yeah, Every time. Well, those things were great. Those, those things were wonderful. Uh, if people haven't seen those, if you can still find them, go back and check those out. Uh, Kent, let's talk about this basketball team, which is a, a, you know, a, a less <laughs> less enjoyable subject. But anyway, Kentucky <laughs> plays Texas uh, in the SEC Big 12 Challenge on Saturday night, uh, 8 o'clock, I think it is, at Rupp Arena. Kent, I wanted to get somebody. We've had different people on this podcast. I want to get somebody with a, a little bit of a Louisville perspective on this. Uh, what do you make of this Kentucky basketball team? Well, you know, the, the, the most consistent thing about this team is they're inconsistent. Right. Um, and I, and the bad part about it is, is, you know, there's so many times where you question different lineups and, and how were they being used and, you know, but if you really look at it's almost game to game. Like, let me ask you a question, John. Who do you think is the most consistent basketball player on this team this year? Well, I, you know, I can't answer that question because I don't know that there's anybody who's been very, who's been consistent that you know exactly what you're going to get from that player from game to game. I would say Davian Mitz. Yeah, you're probably been, right. Like, he is probably the guy when you come and you don't ever say, man, he played really bad. Like, yeah. He he really like took them out of this game. Now he's had games where he doesn't shoot the ball well, mm -hmm. but you know he's usually there pretty good on a defensive basis. You know he's always making some plays during during the course of the game. But he's I think he's the only one that's truly been consistent. We haven't seen enough of Keon Brooks. I mean he was fantastic at Florida, but then like he bounced back and had a really bad game against Alabama. He's had some games where he's been in foul trouble. I think most of the time when he's not trying to be the team's leading score like they really need him on the floor at all times like those are the two guys that i think that they you know they they have to be pillars for this team because what you can think of is nobody's really going to bring it game in and game out everybody's been you know so inconsistent right and the one thing that i think that really hurts this team what's the like if you look at alabama right what's the thing that they shoot the best they shoot threes the best or right. you know teams can post it right the biggest thing that this team does best if you look at individual players is like the mid range jump shot, mm -hmm. which is analytically, it's the worst offense that you can do. Like right. if you look at like Brandon Boston, his best thing that he does is he hits a mid range jump shot. Olivier Saar, a mid range jump shot. Devin Askew, who's kind of been missing in action for the past couple of weeks. You know, his best is like a pull up mid range jump shot. It's it's, right. you know, statistically, it's the worst offensive thing you can do, but it's the best thing that this team does. Right. 
right? Which is which is not good. <laughs> which is definitely not, not, not good. Yeah. Before we before we started, we were talking, and you said you could, you have a comparison for this team. Talk about that. Yeah. So I think you know we would all probably look at this team a little differently, and still very much with a critical eye. But this team reminds me so much of the Nerland Noel. Archie Goodwin, Julius Mays, Alex Poitras freshman year team. Um, the reason why I say that is because if this was a normal year and, you know, we didn't have the schedule changes with COVID and you had fans in the stands, you're probably looking at, you know, I think in a regular non-conference year when you're, you know, you're playing a bunch of the directional schools and things like that, you're probably having like 10 by wins within mm-hmm. the season. So if you give this team 10 more wins, and I think with like crowns in the stands, like they still would have lost a lot of games. But I think some of those close games that they've had, you might have found that, that the fact that they won and they have that hasn't happened this year. So I right. think if you look at everything, this team still would have been maddening. It still would have been inconsistent, but their record looks so much better. And, you right. know, they're they're probably still trying to fight for an NCAA, you know, tournament bid. But I just can I just would compare it to that team right yeah. there. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a good comparison. Well, do you think, what about this team in the NCAA? Is it too late for them to turn around and have any chance of making the NCAA tournament? In this year, I would say, in my opinion, yes, it mm-hmm. is. Like, they have to win the SEC tournament. And, and let's be honest, with so many things out there, like, that's even if they have the tournament. Right. Um, and, but I think that they would have to make the SEC, win the SEC tournament. But, you know, if they can get on a massive run, which, to be honest, I don't see happening. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> like if they win, if they win a ton of these games, like I don't see happening. But if they do, you know, like if they can get a little bit above five hundred and they have some amazing, you know, good wins against really good teams, does the selection committee give them a break and and put them in there? Because mm-hmm. you know, like like I'll take this. Who's not, in my opinion? is not a top 25 team in any other given year right Mm -hmm. now they're 25th ranked in the country it's just an odd year like other than maybe some top tier teams everybody's a little bit of a mess Mm -hmm. what what about the kentucky fans there in louisville i mean you're you're obviously you know you're in a little different uh uh deal than where you are of course here in lexington or back in your days in lexington because you got kentucky and louisville fans that are together What, what are you hearing from the kentucky fans about this season I mean, I think it's a little bit of everywhere, like, right, like I think, you know, here, the Kentucky fans in, in Louisville, um, they're as, as frustrated as, as anybody yeah. seeing it, you know, and I think when things are going bad, people just kind of lose their minds. Yes. Um, and <laughs> and I think that that's where they are right now. Yeah. But, you know, I think honestly, like if this was maybe a normal year, I think it would have been worse than it is. Not that it's not really, really bad like it is. Yeah. And I think people are going nuts. Um, but I think it could have been worse, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any difference with, with Kentucky fans here in Jefferson County or Bullitt County or Oldham County than there are in, in Fayette County. Yeah. I just think people are, are pulling their hair out right now. Yeah. So what about, so what about John Calipari? I mean, is this, is this his fault this year? Is it just been factors beyond his control? Is this just an aberration for Cal? You know, every coach has one of these years sometime in their career. How do you, how do you look at that? Here's my here's my opinion, John. When you have as much turnover as they have had over the years, I think it's amazing that they've had the consistency of success that they've had. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that like the fact that something like this hasn't happened happened yet is amazing. I really do. Like, 
you know, and, and, you know, how much difference does this team look if an EJ Montgomery, to be quite honest, makes the right decision and, and come back? back, right. Because mm-hmm. he was playing so much better at the end of last season and kind of playing like they finally wanted him to play. Mm-hmm. But if he comes back, does this team look different? Um, right. You know, and sometimes, you know, they, they've been able to hit on a few. The last two years, let's be quite honest, did they hit on Khalil Whitney, who was what, a top 10, top 15 recruit? Right. Like he was, he, he wasn't very good. Right. And he wasn't that when he was a freshman. Did his Brandon Boston, Terrence Clark lived up to their, their recruiting rankings. And that's not their, their fault. They were, you know, other people ranked it there, right. but they haven't. Like right. sometimes you're just going to like these things just happen. If those two guys, if Brandon Boston is the fifth best freshman in the country this year, or Terrence Clark is a top 10 freshman in the country this year, this team probably looks a lot different than what they are. And sometimes this thing just happens. But when you recruit this way, you're kind of playing with fire. But I also will always say this. I don't think there's a coach out there in the country that says, I don't want the best players that right. I can get. Right. And I, I don't want as many as I can get. <laughs> Give me yeah. as many as I can get. No. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. Uh and I think Kentucky fans have learned uh, uh, over these last few years, not all number one recruiting classes are the same. Uh, a number one recruiting class with Anthony Davis in it is a little different than most other number one recruiting classes. Um, I got to ask you, before I let you go, I got to ask you about Louisville. They took a tough loss last night. What, what about this Louisville team? Yeah, I mean, I think with, with this Louisville team, clearly the recipe is if you can keep Carly Jones – and David Johnson out of the lane, then they're going to have trouble scoring the basketball. You know, they just, and, and Clemson, they did that last night. And then next thing you know, what they did was, is they just, they defended even all the shooters. Like they kept them out of the lane and made other guys try to take tough contested shots. But, you know, look outside of, of some of those top, you know, probably top five, top 10 teams in the country. It's such a crap shoot this year that, you know, I, I mean, do I think that they're very good? No, I don't. But do I think that they're probably still like a, that fringe kind of top 25 team at least this year? Yeah, they are yeah. because they have some guys that, that can make plays. I mean, um, as we saw in the, in the Louisville, Kentucky game, like when you need dudes that go down and make plays, Carly Jones, David Johnson, that's huge when you can put the ball in somebody's hands and say, go get me a bucket. Yeah. Yeah, no. But as you say, it's been a very unusual year. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows if we're, as you say, whether we're going to have conference tournaments and then you got the NCAA tournament all in Indiana. You know, it's just been a crazy year uh, all around. Uh, Before I let you go, though, now tell me, you you said this is, we are recording this on Thursday and there's snow on the ground and you told me this is a torturous day for you. Yeah, because (laughs) we haven't had the kind of snow in, what, two or three years that you can take a sled and go sled riding. (laughs) I've got I've got kids, John, in the prime age of sled riding. I've got a ten year old and eight year old. I've got a golf course within with a par five huge hill that that is literally a five minute walk from my house and I can't because we're on NTI calls all day with school. Nobody's cutting the kids. Or more importantly, nobody's cutting me a break. I see that some of the schools around here they said they had an old fashioned school day, so no, no, no online learning. You know, let the kids, but they're not doing that there. You're not getting that. That's that. That they're is not unfair. Letting my kids have a childhood, and I'm irate about it. <laughs> 
I understand that. I understand it. My kids or they're are not letting, or they're are, not letting this 42-year-old still have a job. I was going to say, I think you sound more upset about it than probably your kids are. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's true. Okay. Well, Kent, tell, tell uh, the listeners where they can follow you on Twitter and uh, online, even though we don't see much of you on TV here in Lexington like we did in the good old days. Uh, tell them where they can find you online. Yeah, on Twitter, I'm at WHAS11Kent. Okay. Um, and then on our website, WHAS11.com. We'll be sure and check out Kent on Twitter. He's a great follow on Twitter. Check out all the work on, uh, at WHAS. And Kent, we really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks, John. I appreciate it, buddy. Good, always good to talk to you. And we'll see you on a Zoom near you. Yes, very soon. Thanks, Kent. Bye. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. Thanks to my guests, Brian Davis of the Austin American Statesman and Ken Spencer of WHS 11 in Louisville. Be sure and check out them out online, all their coverage. Be sure and check out our coverage on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Arrow Leader for the game on Saturday. As I said, it's an 8 o'clock start between Kentucky and Texas in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. We'll have live updates at Kentucky.com. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Follow the rest of our staff there as well. Follow Mark Story at Mark C. Story. Follow Jerry Tipton at Jerry Tipton. You can follow Ben Roberts at Ben Roberts HL. want to thank everybody who supports our work at the Lexington Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. You can get a digital sports-only subscription for just $30 for the first year. You get all of our U.K. coverage, football, basketball, recruiting. You get our columns. You get our high school coverage. $30 for the first year for the sports-only digital subscription. Go to Kentucky.com. Hit on the subscription button. Check out all of our subscription offers there. I want to thank everybody who supports the podcast, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Leave a rating and review. We appreciate it everybody who has done that that just helps get the word out leave a comment we appreciate that that just brings more people to the podcast and we certainly appreciate that again it's an eight o'clock start on saturday night kentucky and texas be sure and check out all of our coverage on kentucky.com and thanks again for listening to the podcast we'll be talking to you again soon